Praise the Lord. Excited to be here again for another wonderful day of uh, blessings and good word from our God. <clears throat> like the weird man in the video said, you are welcome to RG Takeover Thursday. And um, just before we get started and before I introduce you to these beautiful people to my left, uh, we're just going to say the RG confession and a quick word of prayer. All right. This is the word of God. It is God speaking to me. God speaking to me. My ears are attentive. My heart is receptive. As I am taught the word, the seed of life will be planted. It will surely grow deep roots and produce its fruit in me. Amen. Father, we thank you for today, for this privilege to be here. We thank you, God, for the understanding you're going to give us, for the word you're going to share with us. Help us cooperate with it. In Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm just, we're just going to go around um, and everyone just introduce yourself. Uh, if you want, you can say one fun fact about you. If you want, you don't have to. But let's start with you. Go ahead. Um, hi, my name is Vanessa Ejiofor. I can't think of a fun fact right now. Hello, everybody. My name is Evangel Anyakoha. Anyakoha, anyway. So, um, fun fact. What's a fun fact? Yeah, I'm usually not good at these fun facts. Onyeka <laughs> did warn us ahead of time. I know. I'm excited for this panel discussion. So, Good evening, everyone. My name is Jessica Emanuel. My fun fact sounds a bit embarrassing, but I do love food. <laughs> I'm not ashamed. I, I love food. And now you know it. Um, so awesome. Today we're going to be talking about recognizing the voice of God. Yes, you've heard it before, but being that this is such a crucial thing for believers to learn and to master, we're going to be talking about it again. Um, and God's spirit will definitely be making new connections and providing new insights in Jesus' name. So first of all, um, we all know that recognizing God's voice is important. That is already established. Um, but some people might want to know, okay, what really does God's voice feel like? You know, when God speaks to you, what are the ways that he speaks? What is the experience like? Anyone can answer, whoever wants to. Okay, so, um, so in general, when I realized how to recognize God's voice, um, it was all based on me understanding how it happens. So let me just pull up the first verse that opened my eyes to it. So can you pull up Romans 8, verse 16? So it says, For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Um, other translations add in um, when we become born again, God's spirit joins to our spirit, which means whatever God thinks or whatever God says, we should be able to hear that from him. So 
to answer your question, it's all about now knowing what kind of thing God would say. So the only way to understand or to recognize God's voice is by knowing the kinds of things that he would say, and that is basically by knowing the word of God. Not saying that you should memorize from Genesis to Revelations, but to constantly feed your spirit and get familiar with the kinds of things that God would say. Just like how people in general, you don't get to, you don't know the kinds of things that they would say unless you get to know them, unless you spend time with them and you hear them speak to you and you speak back and you hear how they respond, have conversations with them, that's when you know what they would, the kind of things that they would say. So that's the same thing with God. The way that I was able to now learn how to recognize God's voice is after spending time in the word of God, not memorizing. I mean, sometimes I would memorize verses. Sometimes I couldn't memorize verses. But one thing that the Holy Spirit is so faithful with doing is bringing those things out of you, bringing them to remembrance. And that's when you realize in a random situation when you don't know what to do, that random verse that you read 10 days ago, God would bring it to your, to your remembrance. And then you would know, oh, this is the kind of thing that God would say. This is God's word from the Bible. And that's God speaking to you. And I would say, um, at first, it takes practice, but we'll talk about that later. That's really awesome. <clears throat> Anyone else want to um, yeah. give an answer? Um, I'll add to that. I think that, like, as Vanessa Wells said, um, it really has to do with knowing God's character. Um, when you know God's character, sometimes you will be able to recognize and better discern if something is from him or not. And as far as how God speaks, I believe that one of the main ways that God speaks is by the inward witness. So um, as the scripture that she read talked about, God bears witness in our spirit. And I'm going to read also... Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. It says, but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So every single believer has their own spirit and their spirit is joined to the spirit of God. So, and you and God's spirit is one. So your spirit is one with God's spirit. My spirit is one with God's spirit. And he bears witness to me what he wants me to do or he, he guides me by my spirit because my spirit is already one with him as I was, you know, as I gave my life to Christ. So um, a lot of times it may just be something that it, it just seems good to you. I was reading Acts today, um, Acts chapter 15, I believe, and they said it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and it seemed good to us. So... You just know. It is Sometimes it comes as a knowing as well. You just start to know, not by your head, but by your spirit. You start to perceive that. You know what? I think I think it's this. I, you know, you don't, You may not know why exactly, but you, you say, I think it's this. Um, just to make it more practical also, an example is like a couple months ago, I think it was. Uh, I woke up, and for some reason, I just kept, a thought just kept coming back to me. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is patient, love is kind. Like it will come, you know, and then it will happen again. So um, when, so of course, when it was time for me to have my morning devotion, 
I wanted to go to that scripture and study to see what God was saying to me. What what's what's this what's this communication that's coming to me? And uh, when I get to the chapter, I know it's First Corinthians chapter thirteen. Before I go to read the chapter thirteen, uh, the thought that came to me is, you know what? It would be good to read the chapter before it first. <laughs> and sometimes when you start to see that all these random thoughts, sometimes it's the Holy Spirit. So it's like, oh, you know, it would be good to read the chapter before it first just to see so you could better understand what, um, what God is saying. So I go to the chapter before it, and um, as I'm reading the chapter before it, what does it say? Okay, so basically in the chapter before it, it talks about that the Spirit of God um, gives gifts to each person for the profiting of all. And the spirit witnesses to this person this, and that person this, and that person that, but all to the profiting of the body of Christ. And um, right away, like once I get to that, I knew that God was communicating to me because it was something that I was I was thinking about. I wasn't sure of. And I was asking God, so what is the, you know, does it, is the, are these two things contradicting each other? But what God was explaining to me in that moment is that, no, I gave you this to say, and then this was this was something that I gave the other person to bring balance to the body. For example, um, God might have one person say, hey, guys, God is really speaking to me and putting it on my heart that he wants the church to take advantage of the prosperity that comes in Christ. And then he puts it in a second person. Guys, make sure you focus on Jesus. Jesus is all about Jesus, and all these other things are secondary. But both things are not wrong. It's just that, you know, God needs to bring balance. You know, he, he, Jesus is first, but he also wants his body to take advantage of what he brings. So um, how did I recognize that God was speaking to me based on that, that um, chapter that I was talking about, that he gives the gifts to each person? Once I got there, like everything I was reading was resonating to me, and the Holy Spirit was drawing correlations with certain things and I was realizing what God is saying to me it wasn't it wasn't even hard to understand what he was saying to me and then um when I even got to the actual chapter that talks about love is patient love is kind it wasn't really much that I got from it so you see how the Holy Spirit um gave me something that I already know in my mind so that I could locate where he's gonna speak to me to so the Holy Spirit works what works together with the Bible to bear witness to us what God wants to say. And sometimes it comes by a knowing um, that we just get because we're one spirit with him. We just know something. And it's it can't violate God's word because God won't violate his word. So, yeah, that's one way for me. Can I just add something real quick? Um, wonderful, wonderful um, points you both, you, the two of you raised. I wanted to add... Um, there's no other way, like, it's not optional what they just described. First um, Corinthians 2.14, uh, God cannot connect, he only connects to the spirit man that they were, you know, talking about. I, I wanted to underscore that, you know, this is no mumbo jumbo, you know, like, 
it's there's no other way God will speak to his children, right? So this is the foundation. This is how it works. Did you pull up um, 1 Corinthians 2.14? I want to read it real quick. Um, I can read it from here if you don't have it. It says, um, the carnal man... The, the carnal person cannot understand him, but the natural person the natural person does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to them, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Um, so the same way you, you, we just believe that there's Trinity, right? Um, this is one of those foundations of uh, our walk with God, knowing that this is how we communicate with God. It, it, we have the Spirit that is within us, and it connects with him. This is, this is awesome. I'm so glad I brought this laptop because I was like, <clears throat> I don't think I'll be able to just store the gems in my head. Let me be taking notes. But it seems like there was a general theme in what everyone said, which is that guidance will primarily come from the inside out. So God has put his spirit in you. And then you just you become conversant on using the, the word of God with how God speaks, you know, the kind of things he would say, and your spirit picks up on those. And there was something Evangel said about um, um, it. It seems good to you, you know. And that stood out to me because that nothing about that sounds supernatural, you know. Nothing about that sounds like otherworldly. It just sounds so normal that it just seemed good to you to do it. But then Vanessa laid the groundwork by saying that you have to prime yourself with the Word of God. And then Jessica just put that icing on the cake by saying that, just keep in mind, God only interacts with your spirit. You know, so if you're feeling something in your flesh, <laughs> praise the Lord. This is awesome. So given that this direction comes from the inside, you know, are there other things that also <laughs> come from the inside that can make it difficult to know when God is speaking, you know, like, are you, so when you say God told you or, or you believe you're hearing God, are you always sure, like 100%, like, like burning bush sure <laughs> that God spoke to you? Are you like, eh, I'm, I'm leaning more towards God spoke to me? You know, how, how, how does that work for a believer? Is it always a certainty when God is speaking to you that he is speaking to you? There will be times when you know that you know that you know, you know, just because, um, depending on what the situation is. But there will also be um, times where you may not be 100% certain. Um, our, 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 the Christian life is a life of faith, you know. Uh, the way things work in the Bible, when God says something, you believe it. Our daddy tells us all the time, most of the time, when you move in action, then you, you, you really see. You don't see before you believe, right? You have to believe, move in action, and God will do his part. So yes, there will be times where you will not be 100% um, certain, but you, know, you talk to God about it, listen to hear what he's responding, and based on the impression he's giving you, based on what you, you feel you heard, act on that. And, but what also happens is, um, as you practice, the more, the, the more you practice, um, you hear people say practice in the presence of God, practice in hosting his presence, the more familiar, I, I want to say, 
the, uh, it will be easier. Like you'll be, most times you'll be sure, but it doesn't matter how long you've walked with God. There could be a situation where you're not 100% certain, but it is important to walk by faith. It is important to go by what you, um, you sense, the direction he's, you sense that he's leading you, and, um, and go on ahead and do that. Hello? Yeah, I agree with what Jessica said. I think that especially in the beginning of um, your walk with God, you may not like be 100% sure that this is God speaking. And even later on, you know, it's still everything with God is by faith, you know, as the word says. So as it says in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14, I'm just going to quickly read that verse. It says, but solid food belongs to those who are full of age. That is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So, I mean... I remember the first time I, I said, oh, I think God is saying this to me. You know, it didn't, I really felt like it was God saying it to me, but it didn't really, there was no way to be sure. You know, I, I felt unsure at the same time. It was like taking a leap of faith. But like it says, it says by reason of use, they have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So um, basically, it's like a muscle that the more you're using it in a sense, the more you're able to discern more, the more you're growing in the word of God, um, the more you're growing in fellowship with God and stuff like that, and you're using that skill, you're better able to discern um, when is God speaking. But if we never act in faith to actually, you know, act on what he's saying, then we never get to exercise that muscle. So it's important to actually make a move especially with stuff that is more um, not as severe or not as serious, I guess, you know, in the little matters. And then as the more we're going, we're building up faith for the more weighty matters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to actually give a personal example. Um, but before I say that, I just wanted to also emphasize the fact that we need to remember that God is the one that manufactured us. God is the one that made us. We shouldn't pretend that we know, we know, we know, we heard. Meanwhile, you didn't hear anything. Like, I feel like it's best for you to be, be real with God because he knows he already sees your weaknesses. So trying to cover it up is pointless. And that's the way that I've started to do things with God, like, be completely transparent with God. If you're not sure, tell God, I'm, I'm not sure if I heard you. I'm having, you know, I'm having times of doubt or unbelief. Like, be real with God and he will help you. So, like, so I had an instance where I wasn't sure I was hearing from God. And this was because, like, there was no Bible verse that gave me the direct answer to my question. So um, my current job I, I've been working there for a few years, and I got to a point where I was stressed, and I was just ready to go. Like, I was already looking up when to send in my resignation letter and what job to take moving forward. So I was asking people around, and they were just saying, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Aunties and uncles, don't do that. <laughs> Parents, don't do that. 
And then I ran into a friend that said, do it. And I was like, you see, this is what I was looking for all along. But then still, I wasn't feeling the, like the peace or like the, sure, the certainty to move forward with that decision and actually like leave. And then one day I came to church and usually when I greet Pastor Emmanuel, he's like, oh, how's the family, how's everything? But this one particular Sunday, the first question he asked me is, how is work, period, point blank, point blank period. And I was like, oh, perfect, perfect time for me to just vent and tell him my plans of how you know I'm leaving, I'm tired of these people. So when I told him, he was like, he was understanding where I was coming from, because I'm like, you know, we're in the same, you know, profession. So, but he said, you know, let, let him just take time to pray about it. I didn't ask him to pray about it. I didn't come to him to seek God on my behalf. I didn't come to him to be my, like, you know, see the future for me kind of thing. I just, it just happened that God put him in that position and made him say that first sentence. And then that's how the conversation started. So the week later, he had like, you know, prayed with me and, you know, wanted to like, basically like to confirm what I, like, what I wanted to do if it was like also from God or if it's just me acting on my feelings. And then like, he didn't agree. As he was saying it, tears were falling from my eyes and everything he was saying, I was just like, wow, God, really? Am I really like, is this really a no from you? And then when I went home to think about it, I was like, okay, like, God, if this is, if this is your way of, you know, if, if you want me to follow this path, let me follow it and trust you. And I'm saying that because what Evangel said about sticking with God, being in close fellowship with God is very important, especially when you're not sure. Be real and stick to God, and he will be the one to guide you. So I decided to, you know, spend time in the word of God. And for some reason, God was throwing people my way that were telling me things about the place that I wanted to go to, the bad things that are happening there, how stressful it is. Even I kind of took a peek and saw it in different ways how the decision I was going to make was going to be a terrible one. So then even me staying, there was like a sense of peace all of a sudden. Like I wasn't, yes, I was stressed sometimes, but then I had this peace that, okay, I'm where God wants me to be right now. And God says to seek first the kingdom of God and every other thing will be, ha will be um, handed on to you. And all things will work together for those who trust him. So those verses kept coming into my mind. And then that's when I knew, oh, then that's when I was sure that, you know, I'm supposed to follow this path versus this path. So I'm saying that to say it could be in different ways. So you can be, if you're not sure, God can still use maybe other people to confirm for you or God can put little, God could drop a story in your face or something that could um, lead you in the way that he wants you to go. But you have to stick by him. Don't let go, especially when you're not sure. Yeah, praise God. So in summary, Pumbaa, stand by me. That was a joke from the Lion King. Pumba, stand by me. Anyway, <laughs> the kids there will appreciate what I just said. But um, wow, this is amazing. Um, just to recap, um, you know, I noticed uh, there was a common theme of you need faith to follow God. Uh, it, it, you're not always going to be sure, you know, like it's not always going to be a voice saying this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased with a dove coming down and like Moses and Elijah showing up and God is like, how many more signs do you need? You know, there's an element of faith that is involved 
And I like that that was highlighted by, um, by all of you. And um, you also mentioned about exercising. The more you practice it, the easier and the more familiar you become with God's voice, which I actually like the example you gave. You said it's like a muscle because I think that just portrays it, you know, like once you let yourself go. <laughs> so you got to keep exercising that. So what I took out of it was the, one, the much you know, do it. You know, the much, the much that you know that this is what God is saying, at least do that one. And then doing that provides clarity in the ones that you're not sure about. And then uh, Vanessa took the job of putting icing. You've, you've given her the mantle of putting icing on the cake because she brought up, um, you know, that wonderful example that she gave. And uh, what I took out of it is, if you're not sure, please don't pretend. <laughs> don't pretend with God. Like, just tell him the truth. Be honest with him, and he will help you. And then um, um, you, you when. Uh, when you started remembering scriptures, like there were scriptures that started coming to your remembrance, which you had mentioned earlier, then you became sure. So even when the pastor spoke to you, you still weren't 100% sure. You know, it was when scriptures started coming back. Those were your words. <laughs> when scriptures started coming to your mind, then that was when certainty came in. So I, I like all of that. I hope, I hope you're paying attention. I hope you're paying attention. Um, so speaking of... Uh, of um, we're talking about uh, we're talking about how you know being sure, right? That God is speaking to you, and, and somebody had already brought up that you need practice. Well, a lot of all of you have pretty much brought up that you need exercise. So, are there certain things that either sharpen or dull your ability to discern God speaking to you? If so, what are those things? What are some of the things that work towards sharpening? Um, your sense of your ability to discern God and what are things that dull it? So anyone that wants to answer can go ahead. Yeah, for me, um, like I found it, since I've been walking with God, I found it for me to be highly important like to fellowship with God um, consistently and pretty much daily. Um, I find that the times when I really know like I'm crystal clear on what I should be doing how, you know, even let's say a situation happens and I need clarity, like when I get into God's presence, he will give me clarity. You know, I found that that time of fellowship with God really matters for me. I don't even, like when I tell people that, oh, reading the word is important or fellowship with God, I say it based on the fact that I've seen that it's actually very important for me as a person. But um, so, yeah, pretty much. Reading the word of God, God speaks to us by his word. You know, the Bible says that the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword is able to discern between um, the soul and the spirit. So a lot of times we need guidance. We need to discern between several things. And sometimes you just even you may not even be reading about something that has to do with what you're trying to decide. But after sometimes after just being in God's presence, you just be at peace and you even know what you what you need to do without actually God showing you an example. I've experienced that. And then also sometimes by a story in the word, you know, he would use that to show you what um, he's wanting you to do. So I think that fellowship with God, prayer is also important. That's something that I didn't necessarily used to like, but by God's grace, especially this year, 
um, I like prayer more, a lot more. So prayer is, is, is something that is very good. In Mark chapter, Mark chapter 1, yeah, Mark chapter 1, verses 35 to 39, Jesus Christ basically, um, he woke up early in the morning to pray. And his disciples were looking for him, like, where is Jesus? All the people, they were looking for him. And then when he came, rather than going to attend to those people that were looking for him, he said, guys, it's time for us to go to the next towns. So Jesus Christ did all his movements were based on, like, his time of fellowship with his father. When you read the Bible, you will see that the Bible will say, and uh, and Jesus disappeared to not disappeared, but Jesus will leave the crowd or the multitude to pray. You know, he would separate from them to pray or to spend time in God's presence. And a lot of times, I believe that's where he received the guidance for, okay, today, this is what's going to happen today. You know, the Bible says, give us this day our daily bread. And it says, this is the day that the Lord has made. God has already made the day. He's already planned the day for you. But maybe we're not living out the day that he planned because we didn't actually discover in the time of fellowship what his plans are. I've realized that certain times when I fellowship with God, my day goes differently from a regular day that I just uh, I just go about my day um, not really getting to spend much time in God's presence. So I think that fellowship with God makes a difference in in sharpening or dulling um, our ability to discern when God is speaking. And um, there's a couple other things I could think of, but I, I don't want to take too much time. Well, definitely um, carnal-mindedness, you know. There's some things that make us more carnal-minded. And if we fill our thoughts and our our day with, let's say we fill our day with, like, social media, that's... That's the carnal world. That's the carnal world versus the spiritual world. So we have to basically feed our spiritual life, you know, cultivate our spiritual life. We cultivate our carnal life, which is not a bad thing because, I mean, the the physical body needs to be fed, right? So we eat food. Uh, we, we do the things that we need to do to sharpen our physical body and our carnal nature. But um, we also need to do the things that we need to do to cultivate our spiritual life, which is where we're discerning God's direction from. Certain things pull us away from being able to discern God's voice, and sometimes those are some habits that we may know that, huh, God is telling us maybe, oh, this is not so good for you, so, Yeah. That's very good. Does anyone have any anything they want to throw in there into this basket? Summary of what he said, basically, give God something to work with. You have to give him something to work with. Like, there has to be something in you. There has to be one his word somehow that you focused on. I like your example earlier. Somehow he, he brought you to the love chapter, and when you obeyed, and then he really took you to where where he wanted you to go. So we have to give him something to work with. That's definitely true. One thing, um, well, I think the summary of what you are saying is evangel, leave some things for other people to say. Don't say everything. 
But uh, the second thing, which is not as important as the first point <laughs> that I got out was, you said something that really hit me. You said, oh, give us this day our daily bread. Like a lot of times God is very incremental in his direction. He doesn't come and say, okay, come to the mountain. Let me lay out your entire life for you. On Monday, <laughs> they just lay out everything. Like, you know, but when you said that, like it, it really hit me different because he did the same thing with Abraham. You know, he told him, pack up and leave. And that was it. You know, he didn't, he didn't say pack up and leave. Okay, this was going to happen. I'm going to tell you. You know, as he obeyed, more was revealed. As he obeyed, more was revealed. So that's kind of what I, I took out of what you said. And then you mentioned prayer, that prayer does sharpen that sense, you know. And, and uh, Jesus did demonstrate a habit or a pattern of constantly going away to go find out, you know, uh, to go hear from God, even when he, 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 he was anxious about the brutal death, he was about to die, he, 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 his, his um, approach to handling that was he went away to go and pray. You know, so there's definitely strength that comes and there's definitely clarity that comes from there. And then um, um, uh, Jessica, again, taking up that icing, putting that strawberry vanilla icing on the cake. Uh, <laughs> if you can't tell, I'm craving cake. <laughs> I think that's why it's on my mind. <laughs> um, yeah, Jessica definitely saying, uh, putting, uh, give God something to work with, which uh, I think uh, circles back to that incremental obedience. You know, the much that you know, you know, submit to it, obey it, and um, God will constantly increase, you know, what you know if you handle the one that he has given you very well. Um, so thank you all so much. Uh, definitely providing some clarity there. Oh yeah, sure. Oh yeah, sure, sure. Pray, prayer, um, but praying in the spirit specifically. Yeah, for you know uh, all believers, we have the gift of you know praying in the spirit. Doing that specifically also really helps sharpen um, how well we can hear, or even understanding. You know, even when you read the word, understanding the word of God, it does help uh, when we pray in the spirit. Yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, you're praying the Spirit, and it also helps to sharpen your sense. And if you're wondering what do you do to dull, uh, you know, what are things you're engaging, you did mention <clears throat> social media, things that are not really uh, feeding, you know, into the Word of God or into your spirit, man, those things. So all of you that are out there, social media 24-7, you're watching Game of Thrones, anime. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. So this, uh, this is a question that came in from someone, um, and I thought it, it's a very good thing to ask because there might be other people struggling with this, but um, can being afraid to do something be God's way of deterring you from doing it? So can God guide you using fear? That's okay. Think on it. Let it sit in. Let it settle in. It is the Lord's doing. It is my Lord's in my sight. It is. All right. You ready? All right. Cool. <laughs> um, so when it, when it comes to can being afraid to do something be God's way of deterring you from it, I think it depends on what you mean when you say afraid. Because if you're talking about being nervous, then um, 
I think a lot of things that God has told his children to accomplish, you're going to be nervous. You know, if God tells Moses, hey, I want you to go to Pharaoh, you know, Pharaoh known for doing crazy things and, you know, he could just kill Moses if, if need be. You know, if God tells you to do something that's a huge feat that you've never thought about doing before, um, you may be nervous. So I don't think that nervousness means that God is deterring you from doing that thing. But um, even while being nervous, you have faith because you know, like deep in your spirit that, yes, God wants me to do this and I'm going to be good. So that one, I don't think is God deterring you. Now, if it's actual fear, that could be um, from the enemy, you know, God, because the Bible says in First Timothy chapter, I think it's Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven, he has not given us a spirit of fear. So it could be a fear from the devil. Maybe he doesn't want you to do what God wants you to do. Or is it a fear that is a lack of peace in your spirit? That is that God is not allowing you to do something because that's not the right thing to do. So I think it really depends on what kind of fear it is. Uh, the scripture that came to mind um, when I think of that question uh, is a scripture that says perfect love casts out all fear. That's like where I, I will start. If I try to answer that, I know that God is love, right? And if that scripture says he casts out all fear, then I know that he won't use fear as a way to speak to me. It's not his MO, you know, it's not in his character. So um, that, that will be a situation where I'll just really take a chill pill and figure out what it, where is this fear coming from? Because I know it's not from God. That's, uh, that's very awesome. Um, so take a chill pill. You can email us at rg slash chill pill and we'll, we'll mail you a chill pill for you to take. <laughs> but uh, I, definitely, I definitely appreciate this question because um, when I was asked it, it, it definitely shook me because I, I didn't know how to answer it. But I like the fact that um, you see a practical demonstration of everything you guys have talked about. You're thinking about, hmm, what does the Bible say about this? And then you're drawing from that to gauge, wow, mm, perfect love casts out of fear. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, so you know, where is this fear coming from? So I, I guess the question for uh, this person would be, you know, where is your focus? Think about that. Where is your focus? Is it, is it on what God has said or is it on something else? Um, and then you did bring up the lack of peace, you know. And I actually would like if anyone could shed more light on how that lack of peace you know, if you have any practical examples, that would be great. But how it plays into, you know, direction, how the lack of peace can be a, a way that you know that, okay, is this God or is not God or how it has deterred you from doing something. If anyone has any practical examples, that would be great. Um, and then I, I can um, move on to the next question. For me, I can't think of a space. I feel like there's the reverse is actually I feel that what happens to me more where a lot of times I have this peace in the inside of me about something. I've gone ahead. I've started doing it. I'm going through the process. But sometimes I still find myself, um, I can be unsettled 
and I can I can see my spirit man just chill. Like I I know that because I just I know my spirit person is chill, but at the same time I'm feeling some kind of unsettling, and that usually tells me that. Um, it, re it reassures me that I'm in the right path. So it's kind of the reverse of the example that you're looking for, but for me, that's what typically happens. I can see that distinction where like, I'm just pe so peaceful inside, worshiping God, chilling with him. And a lot of times I kind of get like, nerve. I'm not jealous of, <laughs> I don't know how to, I know it's, it's I, I literally admire that. I'm like, you're just chill. I, that's what I, I say to myself. I literally say, like, you're just chill. Just worship, just enjoying your time. And I'm over here. I mean, I'm the same person. Let me stop. I don't, I don't want to confuse people. But um, that usually reassures me that, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm headed the right direction. And whatever it, it is, uh, a lot of times it's what's happening around me. If there's, you know, people I'm working with doing all kinds of things and it's causing me, because I, typ I typically don't like conflict. So sometimes when I'm in the middle of conflict, I'm just unsettled a little bit. Um, <laughs> but it reassures me to just keep going, knowing that I have that peace in the inside of me. That's awesome. So I, I like the fact that you, you said you experienced more of peace than lack of peace, because that means you're a very responsible <laughs> Christian. <laughs> if you're a believer and your life is more of lack of peace than peace, something is wrong. But anyway, this is, uh, yeah, I, that's, that's really amazing because um, um, the, the fact that you experience that and the fact that, um, you know, the Bible even says the peace of God is, is not the way the world, he, the peace he gives is not the way the world gives it. It passes all understanding, you know. So, Definitely, uh, you know, if, if there's fear, um, it's it, at the very least, it's definitely something that you need to you need to really go to God and find out why are you afraid. You know, it could just be that you're focused on you're not focused on what God told you. You're, you're looking at you know you're looking. Someone mentioned um, carnally. You're looking at things from a human perspective. You know, it it, it could be that you know. So, uh, but there are too many variables to give you like do this or do or, or don't do this but um if you go to god like vanessa did bring up god will definitely direct you so um still on the subject of uh still on the subject of fear right you know what do you do when you know there's this crippling fear of uh, of missing god you know and and um the way I like to think of it is that this fear puts you in what I, I you, you've not heard this before, I, I coined this term. It puts you in a decision evaluation loop where you're not moving forward, you're not moving backward, you're just stagnant. You, you don't want to move forward because you don't want to, because you're afraid of missing God. You just, it just cripples you, you're just there. You know, how do you, how do you handle that, that intense fear of missing God where it just cripples you? You don't make any move. You just stay there. You know, one year, two years, three years, you're just there. Especially when you're trying to, well, not especially, like when you're trying to start a business, for example, you're just like, you're just afraid, you know, just cripples you. So I would say, I didn't add this verse to... I didn't get into production, but the verse that says, 
um, commit your plans to the Lord. It's in Proverbs. Commit your plans to the Lord, and he will show you. Yeah. Yeah, establish your path. Um, that verse, combined with just understanding the love of God and knowing that, like really understanding the depth of God's love for you, that if he was, if you were to go on a path, if you were to take a leap of faith, you're not, you're, you're not sure if you heard from God, but then it's something that you don't want to just stay there for 10 years waiting for the green light. I think we need to understand that God loves us so much that even if we miss a path, he can bring us back to the path that he wants us to be on. He can, he can restore whatever we lose. He can, he's there with us that if we make a mistake, because we're human, we're, we're prone to making errors. And sometimes you might miss it. Sometimes you might get it as far as like caring from God. But I think having that trust, like anchoring your life on that trust, that confident hope that as long as God is with you, you know, he will lead you down the path that he wants you to be on, even if you miss it. And especially if you, you're sincere, if, especially if you find out that you've missed it, um, God is always faithful enough to bring you back on track. Praise God. That's definitely uh, very important. Does anyone have anything they want to throw in into this? No, okay. You definitely brought up something about um, um, having a confident hope that God is faithful. So there are two things I, I, I got out of what you said. First of all is committing your plans into God's hands. And then second one is trust God that he is faithful. So even even if you miss him, He's still faithful to bring you back because you trust him. And that is something that, um, that is definitely um, in line with what we mentioned about working with God does require faith. Without faith, you, you just can't work with God, you know. So I definitely thank you for bringing that out. Experiencing a crippling fear of missing God. Fear no more. Um, trust in God's love, trust in God's mercy, trust in his faithfulness. Commit your plans into God's hands and God will sooner let the floor open up <laughs> than let you be ashamed. That's what his word said. If you trust him, it, 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 the, floor, the floor in front of you will sooner, it, it's easier for the floor to open up as a sign that you shouldn't do that than for you to end up being ashamed if you trust him. So just trust him. Um, the Bible didn't say the thing about the flood. I, I added that part. <laughs> no, no, no. But the Bible said, the Bible said, if you trust me, you will not be put to shame. So I just added that part. You know, <laughs> please edit it. I don't want to be one of those people that added to scripture. Um, so you now believe that God has spoken to you, right? You know. So what's you know what's your next step? Do you just act on it? Or are there things that you should consider before you act on it? In your situation or in your life, what's your general approach when you believe that God has spoken to you? Um, I'll answer that question by, you know, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14. Especially for, like, things that are really important really um, life-changing decisions. It says, where there is no counsel, 
the people fall, but in the multitude of counsel, counselors, there is safety. This verse was a verse that God gave me. Um, there was, you know, early in my walk with God, I was trying to decide which job to go for. And I don't know. I don't know why. But anyway, so the job that I thought I wanted was not what God wanted for me. I thought I knew the field. <laughs> I thought I knew um, things. I thought I knew enough about health care to decide what to go for. But basically, what God ended up having me go for wasn't what I originally wanted. And when I was praying about it and I started to read the Bible, I ran into this verse. And once I ran into it, I knew that this was God speaking to me. And I asked, uh, I then decided to follow what it says. So it says in a multitude of counselors. One of the counselors was my sister, who's also in healthcare, and my mentor in um, that's also in the field. So I called both of them. The first one, she's like, oh, yeah. Um, I think you should go for it, at least go for the interview, this and that. The second person, she specifically has a brother who walked, who worked in the same place, in the exact same place that I, wa that I was asking about. So it just became so clear to me why God um, gave me this verse. But basically, when you have spiritual leaders, whether it be pastors, you know, Pastor V, Pastor Chinadu Emmanuel, people that you know that, you know, they've walked with God for a while and they can really point to you and tell you, no, this is not God, this is God, or and stuff like that for really heavy decisions. I think it's highly important to get their counsel on stuff. So, yeah, that's one thing I think is important when you're making a big decision, especially. Right. Does anyone want to contribute to this? To cite um, Vanessa's example earlier, so totally agree, you know, with Evangel, what Evangel said, seeking counsel, but let's just also remember, we're not necessarily in your head, you're not like, I'm going to go seek counsel, whatever they say. It may not necessarily work, work that way. You know, God has a way of using all those channels to make sure that you end up where, um, where you're supposed to end up. I've had times where I sought I, I sought counsel, and um, you, even as a family, you know, some of the feedback we we saw from the council, we we sat with it for a little bit, um, still continued praying, and from from um, and then that ultimately guided our decision. Um, so yes, do that, but still, you know, like Vanessa did when she met with Pastor. You know, after that, she was like, really, God, really, <laughs> you know? But through still that time of uh, continued prayer, seeking God's face, and what convinced her was when God specifically now gave her those scriptures, and that, um, that was really what she anchored her decision on. Just to add to that, um, it's important to also I mean, I'm sure we're, we're all we all know this, but just in case, just be mindful of the the company that you're seeking counsel from, because not everyone is sent from God to speak to you. And don't say, "Oh, I went to seek counsel," and you went to the wrong field of people to find counsel. So, like honestly, if you're not like sure if people around you are the people that you should like, the wise people around you that you sh you can feed from. 
ask God to surround you. Like, continue, make that a part of your prayer. God, please surround me with the right people, people that will help me grow and, you know, stay on track with my walk with you. Praise God. This is, this is amazing. Um, so definitely a common theme of seeking counsel. Um, Evangel, you, you definitely you mentioned that, um, you know, you sought counsel from your sister because she's in the field. And I think that also plays to even beyond wisdom, that also plays into what Vanessa just said about be mindful who you seek counsel from, you know, going to seek counsel from somebody who works a nine-to-five job about starting, you know, a business. <laughs> They've never started a business. They have no idea what it takes. You know what I'm saying? So, like, there are definitely a lot of, like, there's a lot of wisdom that goes into deciding who you approach to ask for counsel. And uh, I definitely like what you said about um, even after you receive, the counsel is not the be-all, end-all, you know. Even if it comes from the pastor, which is why I like your example. Even when it comes from Pastor Chinedu Imano, it's not the be all end all. You know, you still have to let God guide you, you know, but definitely seeking counsel provides safety, you know, and a filter that helps you assess things better. You want to say something? Yeah, I just wanted to add that a lot of times, if you seek counsel, like what the person counsels you and says, should should resonate with something God already told you. You know, when God gave me that verse to seek counsel, the first person said, yes, go ahead. The second person, they actually literally, like she's she's been, she's had, you know, been a supervisor in different departments. And then literally her brother worked in the same place that God was taking me. So that's why he said to go ask her. And she, like, it was direct proof and like a good assurance that, this is something good. So there should be some type of connection when you seek counsel with what God is already telling you in your spirit. I just wanted to quickly add that. That's awesome because we are led by every word that comes out of our counselor's mouth. No. <laughs> we are led by every word that comes out of... <laughs> Say it again. Sorry, this is it. This is it, a children's program. <laughs> We are led by every, every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So that, that, what God has said, um, that's really what you should be aiming to really know and be certain of. But counsel does help um, and does provide safety. So thank you for that, for uh, pointing to that. And um, we're here, and this is the final question, which is just, um, okay, now we kind of touched on this, but now, okay, you realize that you've missed God, you know, so what do you do? What's your approach? And the way this question is broken down is, you know, there, there, there are things, situations where um, you can backtrack, you know, oh, I miss God. Or you just backtrack, do a U-turn and this. And, and then there are situations like marriage where <laughs> you miss God and we just, we hug you and say, man, it is well with your soul. <laughs> and we walk away. <laughs> So how do you, what's a general, what are some good things that you would advise Christians? Okay, if you, if you realize you miss God, you know, definitely you can do this, you could do this, or don't, don't do this, do that. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. We're human. Um, it's possible that this will happen, right? Um, 
I would say, first thing, just putting ego all the way out, kicking it out, kicking it out, right? And um, just being humble, humble and obedient to um, God's word, what he's telling you. Um, I'm, think, I, I'm thinking of the prodigal son. So it's almost like you've come to your senses, you know, so to say, at this point, right? Um, so being humble, um, making sure you seek counsel and listen to that counsel and, um, and let God use all that to help walk you through the situation you're in. Um, when this question, you know, came up and, um, uh, asking what you, what you do, uh, God is, um, has an aspect of him, a character that I love so much, um, he, about him being merciful. There's a scripture that says, uh, mercy triumphs over judgment. You know, um, there's been stories and times of people where people made just the wrong, wrong, wrong moves. But if not for the mercy of God, right? Um, scripture, uh, Psalm 103, verse 10, th that's where it says, God does not deal with us according to our... I want to say transgressions, if, if you can pull that up. It is truly possible that God won't deal with you according to whatever wrong decision you've made, you know. And that's why, truly, if you're in this situation, get with God. Get with God. You know, let his merciful side, <laughs> he has this merciful side, right? Like, embrace that part of him. He, and he, he will be merciful to you. He will use people around you. He will use your pastors. And that's why it's important to be humble. It's important to seek counsel. It's important to be obedient to what he's telling you. Um, and I truly believe. And, you know, in, in those times, God will give you scriptures to, to latch on. You know, it could be a scripture that says all things work together for good. Right? If you're in that season and something happened and you really need God to turn things around. If you latch on to that, God performs his word. He can perform that word for you, you know. Um, so many, so many, so many scriptures, but God is merciful. Um, if you end up in a, in a situation where your fault, not your fault, you know, you, you walked in blindly, you didn't walk in blindly, um, lean on the mercies of God. Truly, lean on the mercies of God, and some way, somehow, uh, I can assure you that He will work it out because He loves you. Um, I will only add that um, when in a situation where we might have missed God and we realize it, um, it's always important to jump back to God's love. You know, the Bible says that we should be rooted in God's love, and um, that person needs to realize that they are loved. You know, God still loved you. He won't stop loving you because you made the wrong decision. His love for you never stops. And he won't now be against you. He's not going to, you know, decide to be against you. God loves us too much to um, decide to, to make that type of decision. So um, I think it's important to realize that we are still loved by God. It's important for us to still come to God and um, humbly accept that, hey, God, I think I missed it. 
and um, seek his direction, you know, have him reroute us on what to do next. That's what I think. This is is amazing. Um, So from that last question, in summary, it was... You gotta put your ego aside and seek counsel. Don't don't try and hide that you missed God. Like really acknowledge it, own it, um, seek counsel, and most importantly, trust in God's mercy and His love. His love will never fail you, and there is no mistake you're going to make that makes God's love just stop working on your behalf and His mercy stop working on your behalf. It'll always be there for you. Um, we're going to do a, a, a prayer session, um, but before we get into it, there was a word that God gave um, our sister, Vanessa, for the church. <clears throat> I'm just going to give her a minute or two to go ahead and share that word. So, um, so when we were preparing for this, God like just dropped it in my heart. Um, can you just pull up Psalms 119, verse 18? Um, so when... In the beginning, when I spoke about knowing the voice of God by spending time in the Word of God, um, it's not just by reading the Bible like it's a novel. Obviously, it's by understanding. And sometimes you can't use human understanding to understand what the Spirit of God you know, wrote in the Bible. So there was a verse that um, I grew up, we grew up in our family, like reading before, like studying the Word of God. And is at, now I'm realizing how powerful it is. So it says, "Open my eyes, that I may see the wonder, the that I may see wondrous things from your law." Um, do you have it in? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, I'll read it in a different version. No, that's NLT. I gave it NLT. Yeah, let me let me pull up King James. <laughs> so sorry. Um. Okay. No, this is uh, NLT, NLT, but I'll, okay. I'll pull it up. <laughs> what three of the I may? <laughs> that so I may? 119. Oh. oh, yes. Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instruction. So when God opens your eyes to see a verse that you've been reading for the past 10 years, it will bring a different meaning that you never knew. So I feel like to encourage like the fellow youths, if you're struggling with understanding the word of God, even just when you're trying to recognize the voice of God um, by spending time in the word, if you're not understanding, pray this prayer and truly like be transparent with God to please open your eyes and you'll be surprised that God will really open your eyes to see things differently. And it could translate in a way that it would relate to some situation that you're dealing with so perfectly that you would realize that's God speaking to you. So just making it a practice so that you can, um, because it's not you teaching yourself, it's the Holy Spirit at the, ne- at the end of the day that's teaching you what you're even reading. So just to keep that in mind. Praise God. <laughs>